Hello and welcome to C3 City Light Podcast. You'll find us here in Raleigh until all are awakened to the light and love of Jesus. We hope that you find this message encouraging. For more information, check us out at C3CityLight.com or on social media at C3 City Light. Now today, we're going to look at this guy named Joseph. I think Joseph was so significant in this role, but I feel like we kind of sleep on Joseph sometimes, right? Like Mary gets plenty of attention. Come on, she was young, and we talked about her amazing faith and all that. Um, Zachariah and Elizabeth, they get a lot of attention. But what about Joseph? What about Joseph? He had a part to play. And I think sometimes we kind of just, we don't think about how significant. You know, Joseph, he's mentioned in this story, and then he's mentioned in Luke 2, talking a little bit more about how Jesus was raised at the temple, right? Like, where did Jesus go? And Joseph and Mary go back to find him after they had forgotten him for a couple days. So we hear about Joseph, but that's about it. A lot of scholars and church tradition hold that Joseph passed away before Jesus' earthly ministry ever started. Because we don't hear about him. We even hear Jesus say, hey, take care of my mother. Take care of my mother. After I go, take care of my mother. But Joseph had such a significant role. And we can tell from the story firsthand, he was a good man. He must have learned a lot about Israel. and must have held a lot of belief from his mom and his parents teaching him and being in the temple. He must have learned a lot about this coming Messiah that was coming. But today we're going to see how personal this invitation of God was to Joseph. And I think what God was saying to Joseph, he's saying to us, the message of Christmas is personal. It's personal. If you've got your Bible, go with me to Matthew chapter 1. We're going to pick up. At verse 18. You know, just a little context when you see in Luke and then you see in Matthew, before we get to this part of the story, both of these authors give a genealogy. And I love Matthew's genealogy. It tracks the lineage of Jesus all the way back to King David. Because all the prophecies were about David. So many of them were, hey, his throne will have no end. And the Messiah will come from the, the throne of David. King of David. And then, but we see in Luke where he doesn't do it on the Jewish roots. He doesn't do it from the Jewish prophecy and about David. He does it more universal. He takes the lineage of Jesus all the way back to Adam from Mary's side of the family. And I love when we look at this genealogy. There's Rahab. Anybody know the story of Rahab? She was a woman of the night because our kids are in here. I'll, I'll leave it at that. But there was, there was scandal in Jesus' history. Even David had scandal in his life. All these characters that you see, they all had scandal. But here from heaven was the perfect son, the son of man that would take away the sins of the world. And we pick up our story with Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, yet did not want to expose her on the public dis- to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Verse 21, she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. 
because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him to, and he took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to their son, and he gave him the name Jesus. There's three points today that we're going to study and we're going to focus in on from this story. There's a lot going on here, but it's a powerful message. And the first thing we can see here is that God is at work in Joseph's life. And the same is true of your life that's true of Joseph. God is a part of your life. So if you're taking notes, I want you to know that. God's a part of your life. He is at work in your life. You may not look like it. You may not feel like it. But God is at work in your life. It's amazing. None of the thing about this story was random. None of it was happen chance. What took place was God at the right time, not accident, at the right time in his sovereignty, Mary was born, Joseph was born. They lived in the town that all these prophets had prophesied about. Everything was lining up. And God spoke through Gabriel to Joseph. God was at work in Joseph's life. God was at work. It wasn't random. God had selected Joseph to be a father figure to Jesus. Come on, think about it. The Son of God was growing up in his house, seeing what it looks like to be a man of faith, seeing what it looks like to be a man that's a provider and a protector. I don't know how you grew up. You may not have had a Joseph in your house to look up to, but God is a heavenly father to all of us. And no matter if your father got it wrong or got it right, even if he did it great, he wasn't perfect, and God is. So we can always look to God our Father Perfectly to what it looks like to be a father, to provide, to protect, to speak encouragement, to speak life and to edify and to mold us. But Jesus had Joseph as an example. I mean, the diligence that it takes to be a carpenter, the diligence that it takes to the process, the diligence to just roll up your sleeve and just work day in and day out. Jesus got so many things from Joseph. But I'm telling you, God was at work in Joseph's life. He was at work in Mary's life. We already heard how he was at work in Zechariah and Elizabeth with the birth of John the Baptist. God was at work in his life. I want to encourage you today. God's at work in and around and even through you if you'll let him. You know, we can never sleep through God's activity. What we want to do is respond. So even though God was at work in Joseph's life and he had connected him with Mary and Joseph was engaged. I'm telling you, engagement in this time period looked totally different than what it does now. Basically, if you were engaged or as the NIV says, betrothed, if this already happened, you're basically already married. You just hadn't consummated your marriage, but you're on, like, you got skin in the game. You're on the line. You're committed. A dowry's already been paid. All this stuff's already taken place. And what we see here that Joseph was an honorable man, but even though he was an honorable man and didn't want to rock the boat, didn't want to embarrass Mary, inside of his mind, he already had it. Yeah, I'm out of this thing. I'm not going to embarrass her, but I'm out of this. The message of Jesus is so personal. God is so personal. He's such a personal God. He knew Joseph's thoughts. 
Come on, man. Some of us that are married think our spouse can read our mind, right? God, for real, read Joseph's mind and sent Gabriel to him in a vision. No, 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 no. I know what you're thinking about doing, but come on, man. This is part of my plan. I'm at work in your life. And not only am I at work in your life, Joseph, that boy's name is going to be called Jesus. So it brings me to my second point. The name tells us his intention. Names are so powerful. Names are so powerful, they tell us what the intention of something is. I know that when I pick up a knife, the intention of that knife is to cut something. I know that if I tell Charlotte, get a spoon, she knows the intention of that spoon, just from the name of it, is to scoop something out. Names are so powerful and so significant and so intentional that when it comes to the Savior of the world, even his name was intentional. We see in verse 21, God tells through Gabriel, tells Joseph, his name will be called Jesus, which is Hebrew, Yeshua. It means Yahweh is salvation, restoration, and deliverance. Isn't that powerful? Salvation, restoration, deliverance. All of the problems that plague humanity can be solved. Salvation, restoration, and deliverance. Jesus is the hope of the world. Yahweh, Yeshua. But we see here that from his name, we know what his intention is. That through Jesus to all the world, salvation, restoration, and deliverance would be offered. But this story isn't theoretical. It's not just solely theological. It's personal. You can know the truth about something in your head and never have experienced it in your heart. The relationship, the walk, the faith, the freedom, the restoration, the deliverance that we have in Jesus is not meant to be lived in our head. It's meant to be experienced in our heart. And that's what Christmas is all about. You look at these different narratives. This wasn't just theoretical to Mary. It had touched her heart. It had touched her belly. She cared for that baby in her womb. It was experiential. When you look at Zechariah and Elizabeth, that wasn't just theoretical. Hey, I know you're old in age, but you're going to have a son, and he's going to be a forerunner that's going to prepare the way to Jesus. That wasn't theoretical. That wasn't just theological. It was experiential. And the invitation of heaven, the message is Jesus, is always meant to be personal. Personal. But I think what happened is, somehow or another, through the message coming at the beginning, even from all the prophecies, somehow or another, it lost its personal touch. And it become like a national touch. Oh, he's the Messiah. Salvation's coming from him. Restoration's coming from him for the whole nation of Israel. It wasn't just about Israel. It was about you and I on an individual level taking our heart and aligning it with the invitation of heaven. It was personal. So we see that God is at work in our lives, and we see that his name tells us his intention. And his intention is to bring salvation, restoration, and deliverance to all who would believe. I don't know where you're coming in to the end of 2019. Maybe you feel like you're just kind of hobbling, just kind of staggering. Oh, my goodness. I'm just trying to limp across the finish line of 2019. I'm just trying to shut the doors on the chapter of 2019, and 2020 is a fresh season. Let's go. I'm telling you, no matter how 
shape, or whatever condition you're in today, God's plan for your life is to bring salvation to you, restoration, and deliverance. The things that have held you down, the sins, the patterns of your life that have continually brought destruction into your life, Jesus wants to bring freedom in every area of your life. If our finances are messed up, Jesus wants to bring freedom to the air of our life. If our thoughts are messed up and we see ourselves as in the wrong way, Jesus wants to bring freedom and salvation and restoration to every area of our life. Our thoughts, our mind, our health, to every, how we, our relationships, to how we interact with people. Jesus wants to bring restoration to every area of our life. And he does it through his life. The third point that we see here from this, this narrative and what the angels spoke is that Jesus connects our story with his story. In Jesus, God connects all of our stories with his story. We see in the prophet Isaiah, that's what the angel was referencing, Isaiah seven fourteen. The Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. And he will name him God among us. That's Emmanuel. It's personal. A walk with Jesus is so personal. And he will name him Emmanuel, God with us. Come on, Isaiah, this was the prophet Isaiah 700 years earlier than where we're at. 700 years earlier, Isaiah is giving a prophetic word to King Ahaz. And that's what this is. Hey, I know things look bad for Israel right now. I know how bad things look for Judah. I get it, but I'm telling you, the Lord himself will give us a sign. Behold, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and we'll name him Emmanuel, God with us. Joseph is getting this firsthand. He's experiencing the invitation of heaven to connect his story with God's story through Jesus. Yes, this word was coming to Isaiah. Yes, this word was coming to humanity through Isaiah. Hey, God's coming. He's going to be born of a virgin, Mary. But now Joseph, it wasn't just some prophetic word from 700 years ago. It was affecting his life today, right now. It's affecting the way people are going to look at him. It's affecting the way people, what they're going to think about him and what they're going to say about his future wife, Mary. Oh, Mary, mm, that firstborn is pretty suspect. They weren't even married yet, but here comes Jesus on the scene. And here was an invitation from heaven for Joseph to step in this prophetic word and be a father to what God was doing in the earth. The story of God all throughout the Bible was that humanity is separated from God because of sin. We know that from the Garden of Eden. And here was the solution all these years later. The solution to the separation that you and I face from God when we feel distant, when we feel disconnected, when we don't even know him, when we're dead in our sins, the solution to all of it was found right here in Jesus. Guys, I'm telling you that Jesus connects your story with God's story. God loved you so much that he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross. But before he ever went to the cross, he came to a manger. He left heaven, came to earth, was born in a very humble beginning. One of the busiest times of the year, they go back for the sacrifices. They go back for what they're supposed to do for the census. They go back. There's no room in the inn, but it didn't matter. The world may not have been ready, but heaven was ready, and Jesus was born. 
because the timing was right. You may not feel like you're ready, but I'm telling you, now is the time. Jesus is ready. Heaven's ready. I don't know how you came in here today, but Jesus' hope for your life is found in his name. His intentions for you is to bring salvation, restoration, and redemption and freedom to every area of your life. But we see this last part in his name, and he will be called Emmanuel, God with us. That's about as personal as it gets that God left heaven, came to earth, and God is with us. You might be feeling depressed over this holiday season. You might have lost a loved one this holiday, this past year, and this is the first holiday season of kind of walking through that, and things are different now. Things, there's a newness. There's, a, there's some absence. There's some difference. I'm telling you, God is with you. He is Emmanuel, God with us. You might be walking through a new season of a new birth and a new thing going on. I'm telling you, God is with us. Whether you're limping into 2020 or running full of expectation, hope, and joy, Emmanuel, God is with us, and it's personal. I love this. God's not limited to the temple. He's not limited to staying in the Holy of Holies. Through Jesus' life, the veil's been torn through his death and resurrection, and now he offers salvation. He offers a relationship with him to everyone that would simply believe that it's personal. He is a personal Savior to us if we want that and if we'll receive that. So I don't, here's my last thought. Don't limit the king of the universe He's just in heaven. He's just there. He's just, he is a personal God that wants to have a relationship with you and I. Just like Joseph, he knew his thoughts. He knows our thoughts. He knows what's in our heart. He knows what's in our minds. He knows what we're worried about, what we're excited about. He knows where we're trying to find fulfillment. And I'm telling you, he's so personal that only fulfillment can come through knowing him. And he knows how to best love us. He knows how to best serve us. He knows what we're created and designed to do. And that's only found in We hope that you have been inspired and encouraged by today's message. For more info or to connect with us, check us out at c3citylight.com.